Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello, everyone. My name's uh, uh, Gareth Bryant. I'm the Chief Executive of Wessex uh, Local Medical Committee. Some of you will have heard me on uh, these podcasts today. Um, and I've got a friend and colleague with me today um, called Ewan Graham, who um, I've done a piece of work with in the past. Um, but Ewan has another role, which I thought would be very interesting for GPs to understand. So, Ewan, could you introduce yourself, first of all, and give us a bit of a taste of your background? Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Gareth. And, and firstly, thank you so much for asking me to join you in this conversation this afternoon. Th- this podcast will come out to listeners during uh, an awareness week. It's a very important week for a charity, uh, which is uh, particularly close to my heart and that I have volunteered now uh, for some time. And that is uh, what we often refer to as uh, NACOA. Uh, NACOA stands for the National Association for Children of alcoholics. Uh, so today was a really great opportunity, Gareth, to talk to you about the work of uh, the core, uh, particularly relevant to uh, GPs and other medical professionals, of course. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for you asking me to come and chat to you. Brilliant. So can you tell us a bit more about the charity, Ewan, and, and what sort of work it does? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Uh, so NACOA was founded in 1990, so it's now been running for a few years. It's a Bristol-based charity, and although the, the uh, charity itself has a small staff, it's largely run by a team of volunteers like myself who are uh, trained to support NACOA right across the UK, so of many, many uh, volunteers doing the great work that they do. It was established by people who, like me, were themselves uh, children of alcoholics uh, growing up, realising that there's not the support and resources there. So clearly, uh, they felt a personal need and a gap in their own lives and sought to to, to fill that gap, uh, Gareth. And I say, you know, when it comes to the the aims of, of the charity, the, the, there are four in, in particular, maybe I can just uh, take those uh, each uh, in order. So first and foremost is to offer information, uh, advice and support to children of alcoholic dependent parents. Secondly, uh, to reach professionals who work with those individuals. Uh, thirdly, very importantly, because this is a large part of what we do with this podcast, is to raise the existence in the public consciousness, the existence of NACOA. Uh, that is, and then fourthly, but by no means least, to promote research into problems faced by children of alcoholics and in turn help them uh, prevent alcoholism developing in their own lives, because of course they themselves are a very large um, and vulnerable group. Have you any idea of the sort of the numbers or the or a percentage of um, uh, children that might be affected by alcohol issues in their families? Yeah, so uh, a very interesting statistic uh, from a lot of the research done by Nicole Gareth and the, the scale of the problem, I would have to say, is is vast. Uh, Nicole's research tells them that uh, one in five children wow. in the UK are, are affected by the, this problem. Uh, and of course, you know, this problem doesn't just uh, develop an impact uh, on the families, but overlaps into all sorts of different areas of, of social policy and the, the impact on, uh, and on children themselves and growing up in an alcohol-dependent uh, household. So it really does affect the, the whole family, but uh, one of five, I have to say, when I 
first heard that statistic, I found uh, quite staggering. And uh, I think more important than anything else, helped me realise that my experience uh, growing up was uh, far from unique, which, you know, whilst disappointing, is also encouraging. There's plenty of other people out there mm-hmm. who have gone through this, which uh, is, of course, the, the ethos on which Nakua was founded. So uh, would you be comfortable in sharing some of your experiences or some of, some of the um kind of examples you could give of of the impact on children yeah of, of course and uh, you know i'm a great believer of the power of uh, personal stories in this and i don't mind sharing a bit of those stories and cross-referencing that into you know the, the more wider research so i grew up uh, youngest child of four in a, a alcohol dependent household both my parents were alcoholics and um I think the first thing that you learn is the need to try and pretend that your family life is is normal. And certainly for me, um, I, I didn't know anything else. And therefore, you, you learn to uh, grow up and uh, act in such a way as if to suggest that uh, your experience is just a, a normal experience. So you, you find very much very early on that you simply don't talk about um, what's happening inside the, the household. Of course, when you grew up, it becomes evident that people outside the house must have realised that uh, there was certain things uh, going on, but it was certainly a, a very difficult time. So a, a good example of that, for example, would be uh, Christmas time and you would see uh, your friends at school and uh, neighbours. And I, for one, uh, you know, detested Christmas because it was the time when there was such a focus on socialising, on drinking so so many a Christmas day sort of ended in, in our family very early on in the afternoon with quite often parents passed out or mm. or down the pub and there would be you know very little to actually celebrate. Uh, I recall Christmases when I would lie and pretend to friends about non-existent gifts that Father Christmas had, had brought me because they, they simply weren't there because you know money was spent on on alcohol and, and going out um, going out celebrating. Mm. There's a, another interesting perspective, I guess, if you just take you back to some of these statistics, if I, if I may, Gareth, and there's a, some research done by, again, by Nicole, where they had over 4,000 respondents. And from those respondents, it tells us that, uh, that children of alcoholics are six times more likely to witness domestic violence. That was certainly the case in my household and being the youngest of four, I was the one who was often put between the parents um, to stop the, them arguing. My, my mother, I think, uh, having a bit more comfort if I was there, things that uh, would otherwise have happened to her uh, did not happen. So domestic violence is certainly uh, prevalent in COA, that's the acronym we use, COA uh, households. Um, but also, you know, it has other psychological problems that didn't affect me in this way but um, you know children of alcoholics are five times more likely to develop uh, eating problems they are three times more likely to consider suicide and two times more likely to experience difficulties in in skills so each CUA will have their own experience and those numbers will resonate in a particular way with, with everyone but certainly for me uh, domestic violence in the sense of mm-hmm. pretense as to what was happening in, in, in the family life just became uh, the actual normal until such times as my, my parents separated and uh, my mother left home. Yeah, it's that normalisation is really important to recognise, isn't it? I mean, as GPs, we, you know, we see, we, obviously we see, we see alcoholics, we see people who are, who are hazardous drinkers and 
And I think it's all too easy to forget sometimes the the impact that that drinking behaviour is having on everyone around them, particularly children. And I, and actually, my experience is is similar to yours that children children can be very good at, at covering it up and almost taking an adult role within the family dynamic. Yeah, very much so. And uh, you do get uh, dysfunctional family relationships. You get issues of, of codependency uh, happening uh, within the uh, household. And, and we have real blurring of the lines between, you know, adult and and uh, and, and children. I remember very well uh, being 11 years old and my uh, mother, who'd left home by this point, coming back and knocking on, on the door. And uh, wanted to come back into the family home, and my my father's response to this was to get me to the bottom of the stairs and and say to me, "Well, it's up to you." Um, you know, as an eleven year old, and the only thing that kept going through my mind is at least now, for the first time in my life, I'm not experiencing violence in fighting, and uh, you know all those horrendous things. So actually, mm. it was a real difficult decision to make to the point where I, I couldn't speak, and my my father slammed the door, and you know that. Decision or lack of one is, is one that came came back to hold me right up until my 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 mother's death. So she sadly mm-hmm. died away when she was, when she was uh, 69 years old. So you do get this real dysfunction in in family life, and you know children taking on roles and responsibilities that um, uh, a number of their peers, uh, thank goodness, uh, simply don't have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I can I can really, you know, understand how difficult that must must be as a child to have to have to take that kind of responsibility. Yeah, and, and in fact, uh, again, from the research that, that uh, Nicole has done, it's, it's a, a little simplistic, but, um, you know, roles are broadly defined within uh, the COA uh, household and, uh, from being the, the dependent child who feels shame to being the enabler file the child who feels uh, anger to being the uh, the, the hero child um, who tries to overachieve and sticks it at school and do all those things and that was really the role that, that, that I played uh, I was always somehow even from a young age very determined that this wasn't going to be uh, my life and to to make something of life and go on and go to university and develop a, a, a career sadly in, in some of my siblings I see uh, some different roles uh, being played out because you have you have the, the scapegoat child, the lost child is just away in in loneliness, and the mascot child who puts a brave face on and tends to be a bit of the the uh, the family clown. Now, probably over oversimplified that that Gareth, but I think the, the point is that um, it does have an impact in different ways on on children. And any CUA listing will, will probably um, identify with one of those roles but if i may if i may just take you back to, to something which is you know really important for me in this conversation to uh, elaborate on and, and that is the 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 great and wonderful work i've seen from first-hand experience that gps do in supporting uh, alcoholics and my, my one plea from anyone listening to this is please also remember there's a strong likelihood that behind your patient there is in effect under the patient if you like a, a, a child quite often um, who is also struggling and suffering and therefore you know the opportunity is there for, for, for GPs and medical professionals to say actually there is an organization uh, that, that can help you too and it's you know if, if I get nothing across today I really want you to to get that point across. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's 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 really key because uh, I mean, and uh, thank you for for talking about the work that GPs do. Uh, one of the things I think many of us would would say is that 
we are we kind of we're kind of holding holding the ring in lots of lots of ways with our patients but understanding where to signpost people is so important and and it, it's very easy to just focus on the individual in front of you rather than considering the impact of their behavior sure well, yeah quick question you and mm. i'd just like to put to you you mentioned about um i think eating disorders being much more common in children with alcoholics of, of alcoholic parents do you see any other addictive behaviors yeah so certainly uh, eating disorders is, yeah. is one uh, quite prevalent uh, gareth uh, but of course, um, COEs grew up with a, in an environment where uh, there was a, a hazardous and unhealthy relationship with, with alcohol. So therefore, the, mm. the, the boundaries for them then themselves are often blurred. So therefore, you know, it can be quite common for COEs themselves to um, to uh, have an alcohol dependency issue. But also, I guess, going hand in hand with that is is drugs too. And I wonder whether, you know, often GPs see people who, who are duly uh, addicted to both drugs and alcohol, you'd be closer to that than I think I am. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's right. And it, I, I can imagine it must have an impact on kind of um, risk-taking behaviour in children as well as they, as they get older, um, if they've been used to seeing more risky behaviours. Yeah, absolutely. I guess uh, because the, the the framework around alcohol is is so grossly distorted by with what yeah. they experience, uh, you know, so often from a from a very very young age. Okay, so you you mentioned about research. Is this aligned with any of our local universities, or or how do how do how does the charity um, uh, perform some research? Yes, yeah, so research is often uh, funded via NACOA. There are the research um, resources available on the NACOA website, and perhaps this is a good time just to give you the, the website address. That's uh, NACOA, that's uh, N-A-C-O-A.org.uk. So there are certainly resources there um, for medical professionals as well as you know, any user of the, of the uh, service. Right. Okay. And so, if I'm a, if I'm sitting in my surgery unit and, and I um, see an alcoholic and I know that there are children in the household and I'm starting to feel that the situation is is uh, difficult, then what ha- what's the best way for me to interact with your with the organisation? Sure. So uh, you can, of course, uh, contact them directly via the website if you wanted to speak to someone at the organisation. But if it's uh, if it's a uh, signposting. Uh, Gareth and the organisation is very happy to provide uh, posters that could go in workplaces and uh, GP surgery. So if our listeners were willing to put posters uh, in, in, in the surgery, that would be great. But also um, there are uh, cards that are referral cards that, that can be given uh, to, to, to patients or for them to, to pass on to other, other family members. So it's really, this is really about getting uh, the telephone number, the website address, uh, the email address, of course, uh, also available, which is a helpline at nacoa.org.uk. And I'm hoping we can we can publish uh, yes. these telephone numbers, etc. Gareth, when, when this, this goes out, but it's really just taking that opportunity to say there is help available, pointing someone to a poster in the surgery or giving them a, a card which has those details. Um, that, that would be fantastic. If we could achieve just one child getting some help from the core through this, then I'll be very, very happy. And can children contact you directly? Yes, absolutely. The, the, the uh, resources are always there. So there's a staffed uh, helpline and many of the volunteers uh, who go through the training that I have done, as well as uh, speaking to organisations and professionals, is all about uh, running that, uh, that uh, helpline. So the helpline number is uh, 0800 358 
three, four, five, six. Uh, there are people there av av available to talk and help and give support. I, I should just add instantly that, that, of course, it's easy to think of children of al alcoholics in the concept of children of a very young age. But of course, um, children of alcoholics can be can be any age. So this this isn't uh, prescriptive to a particular age range. This is for anyone whose uh, parent or, or indeed an extended family member is uh, suffering from uh, an alcohol problem. There is certainly no age limits to um, those people who can use the service, which is completely free of charge. Yeah, fantastic. You and that's been really fascinating. We will put the website address, the phone number and the email contact um, in the bio with the podcast when it goes out. And um, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, we'll We'll get this out and as you say i hope that we all kind of remember the, the the broader family around alcoholic patients that we deal with and and as you say i think that's a really important point you made at the end is that um the the impact of this can be lifelong in 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 uh, children so it's important to always remember that um remember that when we're dealing with our patients so ewan thank you very very much um and uh, we'll see you soon Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Gareth. Thank you. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.